We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Heads podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, another week into July, we are inching close to football. I believe some teams reported for camp this week. I don't think we did, but uh, it's it's starting. It's it's about here. I think it's next week for us, if I'm not mistaken, and. Yeah, man, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, each each year or each week gets uh, gets me a little bit more excited. Pretty soon I'm going to be drafting my uh, fantasy football team, so I'm looking forward to it, man. This is easily going to be the most interesting training camp in preseason since we started the podcast, I think. It will probably be one of the least interesting seasons, but there are... And I'm excited. Okay, I actually think it'll be pretty interesting. I think it'll be more fun covering this year's team than last year's team. I mean, that's for fucking sure. Um, but a lot of roster spots are really available. A lot of starting jobs are really available. It's going to be an interesting offseason. For sure. Uh, I, I, it's kind of interesting you say that because I feel like it's a trade-off. You're either going to get a really boring preseason like when the Rams were uh, contenders or you're going to get a really interesting one when the Rams are pretenders. So we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, it should be fun. I am fighting a sore throat here, listeners. So if I get a little raspy or if I need to chug water mid monologue here, uh, apologies in advance. We're going to do a Lord Jordan flu game here. I think this will be week two of the schedule preview for us, so we'll preview weeks five through eight, maybe nine, depending on how we go time-wise. But uh, we do want to start with, you know, since it's a slow news week, there was some questionable news coming out. Uh, Colin Cowherd, you know, no Colin Cowherd, best known for being a in-the-trenches, 
beat reporter uh, who breaks stories said that on his show that a source uh, that he trusts said that the Rams wanted to redo Stafford's contract and it, he Stafford wasn't interested and it limits what they can do and they were frustrated with him. And I could also see them taking a quarterback because the way the league is with personnel is rookie quarterback, go by four players. So he basically said that the Rams tried to restructure Stafford and Stafford declined. Um, Kevin Demoff appeared on the 11 personnel podcast and this week and talked at length about this topic, but uh, just some highlights of what he said. He said, those conversations frustrated me because I think it's trying to inject narratives that aren't there. I know the reports we tried to trade Matthew. We were not actively trying to trade Matthew. I know Les has rebuffed that before. It's just not the case. Um, and blah, blah, blah. He went on to say, you know, the to me, the not actively trying to trade Matthew is an interesting way to put it. But he then went on to say, he's a pillar. We value him highly. Again, if someone did come in offering a ridiculous trade package, I think you owe it to your organization to listen the same way you would to anyone. I think Les said people called about nine players during during the offseason that's probably grown since that time uh he went on he basically said we value stafford um and that he said the part that frustrated me was the notion that we were trying to get away from the 59 million and that was the only way to do it through trade that tells you that you didn't have an understanding of the situation matthew's dollars after 2022 were unguaranteed we could have walked away this year free and clear for zero dollars no future money owed so there was no need to restructure. If we wanted an Adam Matthews deal, we could have walked away. We didn't have to trade him to relieve the $58.5 million. We could have just walked away. So essentially, Colin Cowherd said that the Rams were trying to get out of this deal. Uh, and Kevin Demoff kind of just like systematically destroyed that notion, I think. To me, it's kind of an open and shut case. But uh, this was news, and I thought it was worth bringing up. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny because in a way, like, it, it did cause speculation. And uh, this was sort of brought up earlier in the season, which was shut down, or earlier in this offseason. And once again, this is brought up again, and only to be shut down again. And the interesting thing is it, it, it feels like the reporters are kind of taking offense to this idea um, because even, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but this tweet just happened a little bit ago, uh, with Mike Florio, who basically said that it was bullshit that, uh, uh, what, what, uh, you know, what was said by the COO. So I, I mean, it, it's kind of a moot point because I don't think anyone's really going to know definitively except for internally. So, but, um, Regardless, I, I do think that there is some validity to it. I'm sure there was teams that were attempting to trade for Matthew Stafford. I'm sure that the Rams did listen to them because, yeah, like, like uh, Demoff said, it you're not going to not listen, especially if it's uh, an interesting trade idea. Uh, but in the end, I don't know if there was going to be uh, any – inkling that the Rams are looking to get rid of him without it being an absurdly favorable trade. And uh, maybe did the Rams kind of reach out to him to restructure his contract or redo his contract? 
maybe, but again, I don't know if anyone's going to really know that unless, except for, you know, uh, the internal organization plus Matthew Stafford. But um, yeah, there's, there's some interesting backlash with some of the people that have been reporting this. Yeah. And I, I I do kind of doubt really the validity of this too. Uh, I mean, it's Colin Cowherd, like, He's not a reliable source, in my opinion. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> he's not a reporter. He's a talking head. Not a. True. I mean, I've always said Colin Coward is a phenomenal radio host. Probably one of the best ever. Being a phenomenal radio host does not mean that you are a reliable source of information, nor are you knowledgeable about half the things you talk about. I don't think that guy's knowledgeable on half the shit he talks about. He's really fucking good at hosting a show. Really good. One of the best of his generation. Maybe the best. To go on for three hours a day and talk by your... I guess he has, like, people who bounce his stuff off, but it's mostly just him uh, is incredible. But the substance of what he's saying, no matter how well he's putting out content, uh, a lot of the times I don't think it's great skip 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 it better <laughs> better than skip i guess oh um, yeah definitely <laughs> uh well hey and and listen the rams should be listening to calls on anyone on the roster i mean they they traded jalen ramsey for a fruit basket like of course they should be listening to every conversation doesn't mean they have to trade anyone doesn't mean they want to trade anyone Let's get into the schedule preview round two. So we previewed the four, first four games on last week's pod. If you haven't listened to it and you want to follow along, go check it out. This uh, We both had the Rams at one and three. Uh, both had them beating the Colts in week four. So coming off a win here, Johnny, going into week five, we get the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the NFC last season. They went 14 and three wrecked the Giants and the 49ers on their way to the Super Bowl, lost a heartbreaker in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, pretty good pretty good team as well. Uh, they, they did have some losses. Uh, Jason Hargrave was the biggest one, I would say. They also lost um, <clears throat> guard Isaac Samuelo, linebacker TJ Edwards, safeties Marcus Epps and Sidney Gardner-Johnson, Gardner uh, Ndamukong Sue, who has not signed with anyone. They also lost Miles Sanders. They're starting running back to the Panthers to replace him. They signed Rashad Penny and traded for DeAndre Swift. I'm a big Rashad Penny guy if he's healthy, so he's going to be a fucking menace for the four games he plays this year. Uh, (laughs) Wish it was more. Um, They added Jalen Carter with the ninth pick in the draft, which was, uh, you know, a lot of baggage there, but considered arguably the best player in the draft. They also had Nolan Smith later in the first round. So, you know, this team, they lost both of their coordinators under Nick Sirianni to head coaching jobs. We just talked about one of them uh, with Shane Steichen going to the Colts. We're going to talk about the other one with our next matchup here. So there will be some changes. There could be a chance this team takes a step back, but... I don't know about you. I would be shocked if this team took a meaningful step back. Like, I think even if they – I think they'll most likely win the division. If they don't, they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, it's just a good division. 
they have the second best odds in the Super Bowl in the NFL at plus 750. I mean, this roster is still loaded. It's a really good football team. I don't really know. There's not many other ways to dice this one. They are one of the best teams in the league. Probably going to pummel us. So, basically, the uh, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think we can both agree with that, right? I think going into the season, there's no other argument. Yeah. And uh, that being said, there are still some questions about uh, the Eagles in regards to reaching the Super Bowl and perhaps winning the Super Bowl. And one of them is, you know, is Jalen Hurts really the quarterback to kind of go uh, get them over the hurdle? Um, you know, these kinds of questions. Oof, it's a tough one because um, if we're being honest, the reason why the Eagles lose in the Super Bowl is because of Jalen Hurts, you know? Um, mind you, he's still a young quarterback, so this can be overcome, but... Yeah, I he's also the reason they got there, though, so it's... That is true. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, and and truthfully, I do think Jalen Hurts is a good enough quarterback to get the Eagles there and perhaps win it, um, simply because the, the Eagles are just absolutely stacked in all facets of, of the team, and the fact that they are still able to draft and get these excellent players like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. It's actually kind of ridiculous how they seem to get richer somehow. Um, but uh, all that being said, um, all the these sort of challenging questions that they're going to face as the season begins, unless they have a ridiculous amount of injuries like the 2022 Rams, um, this team is not going to have any sort of challenge against the Rams. There's just no way. I mean, this, this defense is going to challenge this offense immensely. The, the offense is just going to basically, I mean, they're, they're just going to flick this uh, defense away. Like, uh, yes, you got to worry about Aaron Donald, but uh, I mean, if that's all you really have to worry about, I, I think the Eagles will be okay. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be a fucking monster. And if they can get quality play out of one of their poo-poo platters of running backs, um, Swift, you know, Dan Campbell hates him, so maybe he's he's really good, uh, and we just don't know it. I think Penny's really fucking good, but obviously he's made of glass. So, I mean... Yeah. The the odds of them being able to get production out of the running back position is pretty high to me. And I think the Hurts leap last year was real. Um, keep in mind, Johnny, he did score three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, right? So I, I don't think it's totally fair to say he lost them the game. You know, they still scored 35 points. But um, he's well, still... You can kind of say that he did lose the game. Uh, I don't know. He may, he may not be the. He, he may have contributed a lot to the game, but if you take away the majority of the mistakes, which were by him, they win the game. Yeah, and, and his his touchdowns were him just getting shoved half and half a yard into the end zone <laughs> by his teammates. 
Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm buying Hurtstock. I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I don't think he's Pat Mahomes, but I think what we saw last year was real. He was the MVP runner-up. Uh, what he does on the ground is incredibly valuable and difficult to stop. Uh, and yeah, I, I think this is a really good team. I, I, if I had to pick a team to come out of the NFC today, I think it's obviously them. But a lot can change over 18 weeks. But I would be floored, unless Jalen Hurts gets hurt, if they're not in the mix in January. And I think in this game, they're going to take it 33-17. to 17. Okay, Steve, I, I have to play devil's advocate with this because this is just too tempting not to. Please. Uh, we agree too much. <laughs> so, if if uh, let's say Jalen hurts, um, uh, let's say he falls down and he uh, he chips a tooth and he and it's just a awful awful toothache, and he has to uh, sit out for the rest of the Super Bowl. And in comes in Nick Foles, who oddly signed in the last few minutes, and um, <laughs> they're like, you know what, Nick, you've done it for us once. Can you do it again? Can would Nick Foles win the Super Bowl for for the Eagles in twenty twenty two? Um, he either throws an interception on the first play and they lose all their momentum, or he carries them to victory. No in between. That's the Nick Foles way. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. There's no like. There's no way to quantify him. He's he's one of one. He has the strangest career. I think out of anyone in the NFL, um, like you could say Eli Manning had a weird career with those two Super Bowl MVPs, but Eli was consistently inconsistent at all times. Like that was trademark Eli. He's just a poor man's Brett Favre. That's exactly who he was his whole career. Nick Foles just makes no fucking sense. One year he throws 28 touchdowns and what, like one interception um, and then falls off the planet as a football player and then a couple years later is back as a backup quarterback and has one of the best playoff runs out of anyone ever. It's just, and then after that season, that's it. Like he's just back to being nothing. It's, it's just, it, he doesn't make any sense. He really doesn't. He, he, it's, it's actually kind of impressive to see his career. It, there should definitely be like an NFL biography on the dude. <laughs> It's weird. It'd be like if uh, if Kurt Warner was back in groceries in 2001. Like, just went immediately back to the grocery store after winning MVP. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be kind of sad. It would. It would be very sad. Um, and luckily, Nick Foles has made a lot of money. And he's okay. I think he's still floating around. At least he was last year. He, didn't he start a game for the Colts? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. There was... I think Such he did a carousel over there the past few years. Yeah, not on a team this year, but uh, he did play last year. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, Steve, I have to ask, um, what's the damage? Who who ends up winning this football game? I got the Eagles 33-17. I think the Rams will not, like, hang around, but, like, hang around somewhat, I guess. Yeah, I, I have the Rams uh, losing also in this game. Uh, I, I have the Eagles uh, about 
33 to 14. I, I think that they kind of give like a, one of those, oh, are the Rams going to actually have a chance in this game first quarter? And then after that, it's like, okay, never mind. We were just kidding. Yeah. And like, so now we'll both have the Rams at one and four. And I mean, like, there's a chance that the Rams go one and four in the stretch and don't even look bad. Like that can, I mean, we're playing three teams that are like in the top five or six Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, it's it's a brutal first half. And uh, honestly, it wouldn't be the biggest shock if they start on six. Well, do you know who they play in week six? Uh, it's the Cardinals. Interesting. So. Oh, and six would be very tough, I think. That'd be pretty tough to swallow. <laughs> um, but would it be out of the realm of possibility? No, so? definitely not, because there is a lot of variables with this roster. Um, I would say, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to have them probably two and four after this game that we're about to talk about, but like, oh, and six would be tough. Losing to the Cardinals and the Colts would be kind of tough. And if that's if they get their zero and six, it would be really interesting to see if they s- try to trade anybody at the deadline. I don't know who they would trade, but like Aaron Donald. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that's about all you can really trade, other than maybe Cooper Cup. No, yeah, you could trade Cooper. I mean, both of those guys would fetch hefty value. I think contenders would pony up big time for those guys. Um but, like, hypothetically, in a world where, let's say, like, Dallas Goddard gets hurt for the year and it's week six and the Rams are 0-6, if the Eagles call, then we're like, we'll give you anything of value for Tyler Higby. You're probably – he's probably out the door. I think those are the kind of trades you could see. Now, the interesting thing is, do you get a player – or do you get a draft pick? My guess would be the draft pick. A draft pick, for sure. I'd give them where the team's at right now. If if they're bad. And it'll be interesting to see, like, they could be 2-4 and four or even 1-5 and five and could still be talking themselves into winning some games later. Um, especially 2-4 and because uh, it's a tough start to the year. But, yeah, 0-6, oh I think there would be some action. Well, hopefully we don't get there. Let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit. Um We've gotten a lot wrong on this podcast over the years, Johnny. But one thing we were in the ground floor being right on was that Cliff Kingsbury was not suited to be an NFL head coach. Uh, And that came came into the picture in a big way. Uh, The Cardinals collapsed in year four under Cliff. They went four and 13. Uh, He was out. The GM stepped down. New regime steps in, led by Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Uh, Fine hire, right? I don't have any problem with that. No, no, not at all. Uh, much better than uh, Kingsbury. Yeah, tough situation to walk into. Um, this is kind of unanimous, unanimously considered to be what will be one of the worst teams in the league in 2023, which is kind of crazy considering the, some of the success they had under Cliff. Uh, they are plus 20,000 to win the Super Bowl, uh, tied with the Texans for the worst odds in the league. Plus 2,700 to win the division, which is the worst divisional odds in the NFL. I was looking at Caesar Sportsbook by, by a lot. Like, nobody else is over 2,000. Um, 
the, their big losses, I guess, are DeAndre Hopkins was cut. J.J. Uh, Watt retired. They lost defense Van Zach Allen. No major guys coming in. Um, there is still, like, I don't, are, like, are you buying the, the, like, I don't know what's the right word, like, the complete lack of hype around the team. Like, do you think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL? Like, bar none. Would be shocking if they weren't. I, so, here's the thing. If you're going to compare them to a team like, say, the Texans, uh, I don't know if I buy that, because I do think that they have some some pretty good players, on, especially offensively. Um, so I don't think that this is a completely horrible team. But at the same time, I don't exactly see them uh, competing for a playoff spot either. I would be entirely shocked if this team is relevant at all in 2023. But um, no, I, I don't see this as the worst team or even the second worst team in the NFL. Um, I, I I think that there are going to be much worse teams than than the Cardinals. Yeah, it's they're an interesting one because um, a big part of it is Kyler Murray is coming off an ACL tear, might not be ready for Week One. There's no indication that he will be. Um, I was looking into it today, and there's really there's not much out there about the injury. He's just moving forward with the rehab, but it's like. If he's not out there week one, I would say they're probably the worst team in the league. They're going to be playing Colt McCoy, I guess, um, who's who's not good. Uh, I Kyler, like, where are you at with Kyler? He is kind of, like, maybe the most criticized guy in the NFL right now for, like, basically everything. And I, I, I still think he's pretty good. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, if, if he's healthy week one— uh, I, I also don't think they're going to be good, but if Kyler plays close to a full season, like I would say, like at least 12 games, I would be kind of surprised if they were the worst team in the league. Yeah, I I think Kyler Murray is is definitely uh, a guy that is, is a very good quarterback in the NFL. But I also see him as a guy that isn't a true leader. Uh, he isn't like, in my opinion, I think if this guy has better leadership skills, better motivation, I think this guy can easily be considered an elite quarterback. But those lack of skills is what what kind of prevents him from going up to the next level of top tier uh, quarterbacks. That being said, you know, the, being like I don't know a, a top ten quarterback isn't exactly a terrible thing either. So. Um, Depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for like the all-out elite quarterback, Kyler Murray ain't your man. But if you're looking for a pretty damn good quarterback, he's your guy. So that's how I kind of visualize a healthy Kyler Murray. And let's see how he, he bounces back from the injury. But um, we'll see. But uh, I, I think overall, if you get a healthy Kyler Murray in 2023, it gives the Cardinals a, a, a better shot at least having – a better record than they'll have under what who's the quarterback Colt McCoy yeah still there somehow yeah, yeah there you go so yeah I, I I like Kyler but uh um we'll have to see if he's even there by by at this point Ho hopefully uh you know you don't want to see the man's career you know 
uh, or, or season cut short just because of a nagging injury, you know? Yeah, it's, it's curious to see what they do with him, too, because, you know, you're not going to play him until he's 110%. Like, you know, there's probably not a world where they are contenders, even if he's out there week one. So how long do you hold him out? Because uh, you're also not going to – you're probably not going to hold him out the whole year. Like, you're not going to you're not gonna redshirt him this year. That'd be kind of crazy. I think he's too young for that, and I don't think it would benefit him. I mean, look at uh, – even look at, like, Deshaun Watson, who was much better than Kyler before everything went down with him, and he missed a year and a half. And he, he like, straight up looked bad last year. Like, he didn't look good. So I don't think sitting – like, I don't think sitting Kyler for the whole year is a solution here. Um, and then it's like, when do you put him in? You know, like the, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle it if he isn't there week one, and especially and if they if they pop him, uh, then he won't be ready for this game. This will be week six. He won't be eligible for week seven. He wouldn't be eligible until week seven. So yeah, um... we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Prediction wise, if assuming Kyler's playing, I have the Rams winning this one twenty seven twenty. Uh if Kyler doesn't play, the Rams should blow them out, and I think it'd be a good mojo need if they did. And I really hope we're not coming on here after week six talking about how Colt McCoy beat us. But <laughs> we did lose a game to this team last year, you know, despite the fact that we had a better record. Johnny, you said the Rams could start 0 six. So I'm curious what your prediction is going to be. It, let's put it this way. If the Rams start 0-6, I'm thinking they're tanking for Caleb Williams. It'll be really, like, that's the one positive to them starting out 0-6 is it'll honestly make the rest of the season and their future exponentially more interesting that they'd be in a position to be this bad. Because I'd be kind of surprised if they were that bad, even though I'd also be surprised if they are really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any illusion that this team is going to be really good. But I also don't think there's, at least on paper, going into the season, considering they stay remotely healthy, I think this is a much better team than a lot of other teams in this league. Um, I I just I don't see this team uh, a, a bottom-tier team per se. Um, certainly they shouldn't start off 0-6. But is it a possibility? I suppose there is. 
especially if they become like a battered team like they did in 2022. So all that being said, um, considering that they're not tanking for Caleb, uh, I, I'm going to go the Rams win this one. And pretty decisively, I think the Rams are going to win, um, I'll say 30 to 17. Okay. And we should, I mean, I don't know if it needs to be caveated, but we're obviously conducting this exercise as if they're trying all year. Yes. Like, yeah, they're they're trying to win every game. They're trying to win the Super Bowl, even though, you know, maybe they'll get there. Um, week seven, they get the Steelers. The Steelers went nine and eight last year. They ended the season seven and two on a hot streak. Just missed the playoffs. Um, it was a pretty weak schedule, but we lost to some bad teams, so we can't knock them that much. Mike Tomlin is entering his seventeenth season. He's never had a losing season. Worst record was eight and eight. Uh, the Steelers, in general, haven't had a losing season since two thousand three, uh, which is ins- just insane. Uh, that kind of run. It was very Steelers offseason. Um, nothing splashy. They added some vets. They had Patrick Peterson. They had Cole Holcomb, Isaac Smello. Um, they got Allen Robinson for free from us. You know, good luck. <laughs> good luck there. Uh, they're plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl, which is, I would say, like below average, like kind of like middle of the pack, but on the lower side. Okay, Johnny, this is where I'm at with the Steelers. I think out of if we took all 32 teams in the NFL and we ranked them by how fucking boring of an outlook they have for this season, I think they might be number one. Like, they're probably going to go 9-8 and eight again. They're probably not going to be that good. They're going to will their, They're going to play everybody tough. They're going to win some games they shouldn't. They're going to lose some games they shouldn't. Uh you know, I'm sure they'll be okay. I'm sure Kenny Pickett will be fine. Uh, it's just such a boring team, man. Like, there's nothing exciting here. I, like, what variable would make this team exciting? Like, I, like TJ Watt's great. Like, yeah, he's fun. Um, I just like, I don't know. Like, they just see it just seems like a boring team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's anyone that's except for maybe Steelers fans, uh, that that's going around saying that the Steelers have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe you can make the argument that they could possibly make a playoff run, um, which is... Mm, they could. That, that's kind of debatable even, too, because, you know, the AFC is a hell of a conference. Yeah. Um, so that, that won't be easy in and of itself. Plus, their division isn't exactly lackluster either you know they have a pretty strong division as well that being said you know there's uh there's a lot of questions going with them too you know that is kenny pickett really a serious quarterback you know uh, i i for one am not a kenny pickett believer i i think he Maybe at some point in his career, he'll be like a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. But as of now, I just think he's okay. Um, Yeah, nothing really special, in in my opinion, for Kenny Pickett. But um, I think really, and and this might come as a shock from from a Steelers team, I think the only way that this team is going to really 
be competitive is uh, is defensively, you know. Um, defensively, they're still pretty strong. Maybe they're not a top-tier elite defense like they used to be. But I am looking forward to seeing, you know, a couple different players uh, that they added, you know, guys like Patrick Peterson. Uh, I know he's not really the Patrick Peterson that we knew as an elite corner. Could still play that. Uh, yeah, he could still play. Um, and then on top of that, him teaching a, a young guy like Joey Porter Jr., uh, who I was praying would fall to the Rams. Uh, sadly, that did not happen. Uh, but, you know, having Patrick Peterson as as a mentor uh, could be very beneficial for Porter's young career. So I, I think that I really like this team more defensively more than anything. Offensively, I just – I don't know. I, I don't – I don't think there's really anything to be all that excited about with Kenny Pickett being your, your starting QB. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Najee Harris is going to be the the most exciting part of that offense. Yeah, decent receivers. Like, there's not a bad team. I mean, Deontay um, Johnson. Why can't I remember the name of the rookie they had last year? A receiver. <laughs> I forgot to. <laughs> um Hang on, I, I have the draft class up right now because this is going to bother. George Pickens is good. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah. here Here's probably the biggest indictment on Kenny Pickett. He was the only quarterback draft in the first round last year. I pretty confidently say he was the only rookie to start over 10 games. He started 12. Um, probably the only rookie to start like over eight games. Did not make the all-rookie team. Brock Purdy yeah. made it with five starts. Um, picking, picking in like double the amount of playing time uh, until what week thirteen was like the only option. Didn't make it, so you know I, that obviously doesn't mean he's not gonna have a good career. But that's just pretty crazy to me that he, he wasn't the quarterback. So that begs the question now, Steve, do the do the Rams have a shot against the Steelers? I'm picking them, man. It's it's not in Heinz Field. It's at home. Did, did they change the name? I don't know. The Heinz Field. That's what I'm going to call it here. Um, I'm picking them, man. I'm going Rams 20 to 16. I just, after all this shit I just said about the Steelers, do I think they will beat the Rams? I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'd bet on this game unless it was a really good line for the Rams, but I'm picking them, man. I think this is a very winnable game. Um, I think the Steelers are the kind of team like the Rams used to be in the past that will beat a lot of teams that are better than them and lose to a lot of teams that are worse than them. This one, uh, when I was kind of looking at the schedule, this was one that kind of was a head scratcher because on one hand you have a Rams team that's depleted but has potential in certain areas. And then you have a Steelers team that is very much in a similar situation in, in regards to having some players here and there, but you're not overall confident in the team. Would definitely say that the Steelers are a better team. Um, but I don't know how confident I am in this team, especially 
in in uh, you know the quarterback position, as I mentioned. That being said, I don't know if I can justify the Rams beating the Steelers this year. Um, and you kind of brought into account that yeah, they may not be at Heinz Field or if it is still called Heinz Field. Um, but no offense to our fans because I love our fans. But, uh, yeah, whenever you have teams that have uh, really strong traveling fans, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers fall into that category very well. So this may be technically a home game, but it's very possible that it won't feel like one. So all that being said, I think the Steelers win this game. Uh, I have the Steelers winning 23-20. to uh, in a heartbreaker. I think it'll be a close game and it might be somewhat fun. Um, but yeah, I think in the end, there's going to be a lot of mistakes on both sides. Um, a lot of pressure on both sides. And in the end, uh, unfortunately the Steelers take this one, uh, from the Rams. So I have, uh, one, one more loss than Steve does. Yeah. So I have them three and four right now. You have them two and five. Um, I, I couldn't, I looked up the last time we played the Steelers. It was 2019. We lost. I don't even remember watching this game. Uh, looking at the box score, it seems like a fucking miserable time, and I'm I'm debating going back and listening to our podcast after this game. Uh, it seems like it, Jared Goff had three turnovers. I mean, do you have – we lost 17 to 12. Do you have a lot of recollection of that game? Like, I – maybe I just wiped that one from my memory. I don't I, – I don't think I remember this one. But uh, maybe, yeah, maybe we didn't want to remember it, especially if, if Goff had that many picks. Yeah, because 20, 2019 was almost more frustrating than last year, just because at least last year, like, they didn't lead us on. They were very quickly, like, we're bad. Uh, in 2019, they were, like, in like not that bad. Like, they were bad, but they're was still felt like there was hope and it just kept getting ripped from us by really, really pathetic offensive games. And this was certainly one of them. If you go back and look at that box score, uh, I'd say go rewatch it, but I would never wish that upon anyone. Cause this seems like a miserable time. When do you think the last time we beat the Steelers was? Oof, probably the greatest show on turf era. Yeah. 2003. So the, the tail end of it, the Bulger year. Last time we beat yeah, the Steelers. That, Not that we play them that right. much, but uh, interesting. It's interesting. Uh, we only played them once under McVay, so that that helps too. But to me, well, maybe they'll beat the streak. Week eight, we are at the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are like kind of an uninteresting but really interesting team to me. Uh, last year they went twelve and five. They had eight Pro Bowlers, but again, just another disappointing playoff run, which has really been the story of Dallas for the last thirty years ish. Uh, they lost nineteen to twelve in the divisional round to the Forty ers They haven't made the NFC Championship since nineteen ninety five, uh, which is crazy considering how you know consistently in the mix it feels like they've been over the last ten fifteen years. Mike McCarthy is going into his fourth year. He's sticking around as a head coach. Do you think he should have? No. Yeah. I, he's, yeah. 
I agree. I, I it actually kind of baffles me because uh, I think after year one, you could already tell that Mike McCarthy was not the right hire. But I, I can understand wanting to give him a second year because, I mean, after one year, it's kind of kind of messed up. Uh, but after the second year, it was very clear that they weren't going anywhere with this dude. And I don't think 2023 will be any different. So I, I think this is going to be a judgment year for him. Um, and I think McCarthy's not going to come back in 2024. I, I really don't see the cap. I think they're going to have a very similar year to last year. Uh, maybe have a decent record in uh, the regular season enough to get to the playoffs. And then after that, I think they're just going to take another shit in the play- playoffs. So, uh, yeah, uh, I I think we can all expect a, a new head coach for the Cowboys in 2024. Not to shoehorn the 76ers in this conversation, but I feel like him and Doc Rivers are like the same. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but they both have they both have one championship that they've been hanging their hat on for the last twenty fucking years, dude. And <laughs> similarly, Doc it just disappoints in the playoffs every year. And he coached the Sixers for three years. Um, they lost in the second round every year. Was it a hundred percent his fault that they lost in the second round all those years? No, but you have to do something running it back with the same exact group of players and coach seems, you know, in the Sixers case it would have been psychotic. Um, it's less psychotic for the Cowboys and I get why they kept McCarthy around, but this team just like needs some kind of injection of life to me. Like it doesn't feel like they're going to have juice. Like it's just like, what's changed. Um, and they've been good, but they've been like that good to the point where like you, dominate everyone in the regular season then just have a heartbreak in the playoffs no like they're good they win a ton of games as i should they have a really good roster uh but they just lose in the playoffs and it predates mccarthy you know it it goes back to jason garrett but it's this just seems it seems like they should have shaken something up and i'm sorry getting rid of the second best running back on your roster isn't shaking things up um that's really the only big loss i had this offseason was Zeke leaving. Um, if he even leaves, he could come back. He hasn't signed anywhere. And they added Brandon Cooks and they added Stephon Gilmar. Two moves I think were really solid moves. Um, and they're plus 1,500 to win the Super Bowl. Those are the six highest odds. And they're going to be good. But it's just like, I don't know, man. I just, I, 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 I there, it doesn't seem like there's anything to get up for with this team. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to make the playoffs. They might win a playoff game. And they'll probably lose to the 49ers again or the Eagles or the, I don't know, any, there's better teams. Um, but at the same time, like, if things go their way, they could win the Super Bowl. And I get why they chose not to shake up the status quo, but that just felt like the move to make and... I feel like they'd be a lot more interesting to talk about if they did make a move, but they didn't. And I don't know. It's like, what's changed? They're going to beat us, but I don't know.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, to tell you the truth, I, I I really don't like this Cowboys team because of so many reasons. Uh, they're still a talented bunch, you know, don't get me wrong. This is uh, – I, I think Dak Prescott doesn't get a lot of the praise he deserves. They kind of focus on him not getting the team into the Super Bowl Um year after year, but uh, I I don't know if you can just blame Dak. Um, I I don't love the fact that Tony Pollard is going to be your starting running back. Uh, I I think he's a fine running back, but I don't think he's anything – like I I don't know if he's a huge upgrade uh, to be the starter over, say, Zeke. Um, He's not, but, I mean, he was effectively the starter last year. That's true. And you have a point there, but that's just it. Like you, you, you're basically like you said, rolling with a similar team, just now without the services of Zeke. And say what you will about Zeke, but I, I think that he helps out your team a lot more than say what? Uh, who are they having? Ronald Jones? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I, I Zeke to be honest. They probably should have added a more reliable backup, and part of that makes me wonder, like. Will they sign? I mean, I think Zeke could be back. I don't think it's out of the question. Um, I suppose not. But I we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think they ha- they have a lot of good players, and I agree on Dak. Like, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's a really good quarterback, and I think you should be able to win with him. And the playoff shortcomings are, you know, some of that play must have fall to him, of course. But it's like you're not going to get rid of Dak right now. You know, that would just be pretty silly. But I don't think the Dak-Mike McCarthy combo is going to win. And nope. you know what their big shakeup was, Johnny? They signed Brian fucking Schottenheimer. Like, that's going to solve all your problems. <laughs> uh, I can assure you it will not. But that almost makes more. <laughs> I forgot about that, and that almost makes me want to pick the Rams in this game. But, like, uh, it, he's just the perfect Mike McCarthy coach. It's like, why are people still falling for this for both of them? It's a good question, man. Uh, but one thing I will say, one of the more under-the-radar moves for for the entire offseason was the addition of Brandon Cooks. I feel like Great move. he is, he, he is going to make a huge difference for this offense. Um, and I think that's ultimately what's going to keep them in games and keep them in the playoffs, um, considering he stays healthy and the majority of the team stays healthy. So, um, all that said, I'm just going to say it. The Rams aren't winning this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people realize. Um, I think that the Rams do have strengths that will benefit them against the Cowboys. And um, I I think it's going to be a lot closer than people uh, realize. If everyone stays healthy, um, I think this is going to be a heartbreaking loss, 35 to 27. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go 
24 to 14 Cowboys, but I do think the Rams will keep it close. It is, though, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. That's another group of wide receivers that I don't have confidence in us being able to play against. And that's ultimately why they're going to lose. Yeah, it's CD's really good. I, I was, I wouldn't say a non-believer in CD for a long time. I just thought the hype was a little crazy. Uh, he's the truth. He's He's the truth. Let's do week nine. Hey, we're here. We'll go into the bye week after this pod. Um, week nine, we are at Green Bay. Johnny, how the fuck do we keep playing at Green Bay? When are they going to come it, to us? This is the third straight. Good question, man. It... <laughs> it's a third straight regular season game that we've been going to Lambeau for. I, I'm I'm baffled because it feels like every year here they they feel like a a rival of some sort that's not a rival because they end up kicking our ass every time. But um, you know the it, the weird part in all of this is that there is literally no history between the Rams and the Packers or any serious real history in the uh, between the two squads. They they've had some you know, memorable games against each other. Sure. But um, yeah, the, these two teams are not what you call rivals. And yet somehow they end up finding ways to play against them. But how is it? How are we not home? How do we have to go there again? This is the, they, they're like our odd duck. Uh, we finished in the same spot in our division. So we play each other matchup, but they were also that last year when we played at Lambo. How does this keep happening? Maybe Sean McVay really likes Lambeau Field. He maybe likes running. Uh, he up, definitely up the doesn't. There. We never win there. <laughs> we never win against them anyway. It, and I, you know, not to spoil it, I think I would pick the Rams if this was a home game, but it's not, and I cannot pick them to win in Lambeau like ever again until I actually see it. Um, we haven't won in Lambeau since 2006. We've played them quite a bit. Uh, the Rams do have a win under their belt in the since McVay's been here. Though I don't... Uh, Matt LaFleur wasn't the coach when we won that game, right? That was the infamous... Uh, who who Was it Randall Cobb that fumbled the kickoff when Rodgers was about to have a chance at a game-winning drive? Oh, that's right. Damn, I forgot about that. Like, I can't remember that game, but I can't remember a single thing about that Rams-Steelers game. Like, that's how I know it must have been one of the worst things ever. Yeah, 2018. So, I think um, Matt LaFleur was 2019. Yes, I believe you're right there. Yeah, so McVay's never beaten LaFleur, um, which is interesting. Only three games. Um... They're all at Lambeau, of course. One of them was a playoff game. So this is a game we should be playing at home, and I don't understand how we're not. But alas, you deal with the chips are dealt. Let's talk about the Packers a little bit. Obviously, the story of their offseason is one thing. They traded Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Uh, they swapped first-round picks this year, and they also end up getting a 2023 second, um, 2023 sixth, though they did send a fifth in the deal, so that's kind of nothing. Uh, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that I believe um, 
I believe it should become a first if things go well with Rodgers. I don't exactly remember what the conditions were. Um, but I, what do you think of the, the haul? You know, this isn't the craziest haul for, you know, arguably the best quarterback to ever be traded. It wasn't um, it wasn't anything as big as you might expect for a future Hall of Famer, but also keeping in mind that you're not getting the future Hall of Famer in his prime. Yeah, and he's old, and he wanted to go to a specific team, and not that the Packers really owe him that, but it's good that they did right by him. And they got some stuff back still. It's not like they got nothing. Yeah. And I, I don't think there were I, – I think if you have a much younger, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, there's there's teams out there that would definitely fight to get, uh, to get him. But you're essentially getting, like, maybe at best a two- to three-year rental. And you're not – you're not sure – if this is going to be a good two or three year rental. So it is a big gamble by the jets. It really is. Let me tell you something though, man. I know a lot of Jeff fans Dude, They have their best quarterback over the last 20 years. Do you know who it was? Over the last 20 years, maybe let's say last 15. I'll I'll give Chad Pennington some flowers here since Pennington. Okay. I, I was I was thinking Chad Pennington, which um, is still crazy. But let's say since Pennington, since Pennington, because you're gonna laugh when you realize who it is. Ah, uh, damn. Um, Chad Henney? No, what? Did he play yeah, for I the mean, Jets? I'm trying to think of the best quarterbacks of the Jets. Let me give you a hand. He used to play for the Packers. Oh. I forgot that he played for 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 the Jets. Brett Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre is the best quarterback they've had in the last fifteen years. So damn, and I forgot he played for the Jets. And it's not for a lack of trying. They've drafted a lot of guys. You have to do this for the Jets, even if it doesn't work out. There, there should not be a shred of regret from that front office. And I don't think the if he's bad. The fans will blame him. They will not blame the team because because they had to make this move, dude. It's been Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, um, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. They even took Christian Hackenberg with a second-round pick, which is insane. Uh, You have to do this, Drew, the Jets. No, No question. No question. The funny thing is I feel like he's the best quarterback in franchise history. And he hasn't even played a single down yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they name it. But, uh, you know, I think he's just a tad overrated. But, yeah, I, I, I mean. I stand by my statement. Yeah. If, 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 if I mean, dude, if he wins a Super Bowl, they'll build him a fucking statue. <laughs> outside a giant stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough ripping on the Jets. <laughs> Not I'm, even I'm happy them, for them, man, and we don't play them, but I I do think this will work out for them. I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl, but I think it'll it'll. No. It's a, I think it will work. But the Packers, they Vegas is being pretty kind to them. They're plus five thousand, which is 
not like great, but it's better than the Steelers. So it's you know it's not for for a team that just lost Aaron Rodgers is not bad. Um, Adrian Amos, Alan Lazard, followed him the Jets. Other than that, they kept a lot of their guys. Um, it's obviously all going to depend on Jordan Love, who they actually signed to a pretty reasonable contract extension. And if he's bad this year, they're just going to move on. Uh, but it makes sense to keep him around. Now, he's is he a UCLA guy, Johnny Jordan Love? No, no, he is not. Wow. Well, fuck me, right? Who am I thinking of? <laughs> Uh, I think you were may have been thinking of uh, Brett Hundley. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yes, former Packer backup. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Utah State. Wow. <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> at its best, right there, guys. Uh, are, well, are you? Do, how do you feel about Jordan Love? I don't really know how I feel about him, but my gut tells me that this team is going to be better than people think. Well, here's the thing. This is how I view Jordan Love. Remember how you said the downfall of of the Rams uh, back in the Greatest Show on Turf era was when they started making selections like Trump Candidate? Yes. Yes. That's, that's exactly what happened with the Packers in this situation. The downfall of the Packers is when they started selecting players like Jordan Love. And that's going to be the reason why they have a, a horrendous year and they're no longer the division leader. Uh, I still think that they have a pretty solid season overall um, because that they have a pretty damn good defense. And you know what? They still have some players on offense, uh, probably one of the best uh, running back tandems in the NFL. But... Offense, uh, with Jordan Love as your quarterback, I have zero faith in the guy. You know, we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but the little you've seen in him, there's a reason why he, he never once challenged Aaron Rodgers for the starting role. You know, he, it is Aaron Rodgers, to be fair. This guy is a future Hall of Famer, but it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers was, you know, lights out the last few years. This If, if uh, Jordan Love had any any speck of of uh, of uh, or any sense of a way to becoming a an elite quarterback or even a pretty good quarterback, you challenge uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you can immediately force him out of town. Uh, I don't know. I don't agree with that. It's Aaron Rodgers, man. He it only is, got but, uh, he again, only got the starting job from Brett Favre because Brett Favre retired and then was like. I'm coming back, and the Packers were like, "No, you're not." <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I do get what you're saying, and I, you know, gun to my head, it, he's probably not their quarterback in 24. But I don't think it's fair to say that he's not good because he didn't push Rodgers. Because it's Rodgers, man. But again, you have to look at it this way. How many years has Aaron Rodgers kind of held the Packers um, responsible? Mind you, it was reasonable because of the stupid things that the Packers uh, front office was doing. Yeah, and you're correct about this pick. This pick was one of the dumbest picks um, that I could remember and probably one of the more consequential picks. Do you know who the, the, the two receivers that went next after this pick were? Uh, let me hear them. 
T. Higgins and Michael Pittman. So, like, <laughs> there were very good players that could have helped your team, and you essentially drafted a guy who didn't play for three years. And now we'll see, you know, if he turns out to be another Packers legend, you're not going to be upset about it, but um, the only, and I'm sure I've said this before, I'm sure plenty of people have said this before, the only reason the Packers took Aaron Rodgers was because he was almost the number one pick and was available at 24. Uh, if Jordan Love doesn't go 26, he probably doesn't go in the first round. And he wouldn't have. That's that's the funny thing in all of this. So, I I don't know. Like, for me, I, I think that Jordan Love does diminish this team quite a bit, especially offensively. And... Um, I, I have zero faith in the guy. If if he um, if he turns out to have a wonderful season, I'll, I'll definitely come back on the show and uh, eat my fair share of crow. I, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time, right? So um, <laughs> it just based on what I've seen, uh, the little I've seen, I have zero confidence that this guy is gonna really be anywhere near what the production that Aaron Rodgers did. If you even get half the production that Aaron Rodgers did, I think it's already a win for the Packers. Well, so here's why I would say I'm I'm bullish. I'm not like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be a, a competitive team. Is, I think Matt LaFleur is going to be really motivated to prove himself. Maybe that he was right uh, this whole time. And, <coughs> sorry. I think that there's enough talent in the offense where they could play around Love's limitations and still have some success. And I mean, I don't think the Rams are going to have a good run defense and the Packers have two really good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think you could make this more of a smash mouth, run the football type team and and have some success. Uh, and honestly... I mean, I think the Vikings and Lions will be pretty good, but it's not the best division. They have, they'll have a shot. Um, you know, I don't think the—I would say, it, honestly, I think we have a better chance of making the playoffs than they do, uh, even though I, I am going to pick them to win this game just because what I said about Lambeau. Uh, I'll throw it out there now, 23-21 pack. But, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see them. And I don't think they're going to be necessarily fun to watch, but it's a really interesting situation. And the whole year for them really, I think, is going to be evaluating Jordan Love. So I don't know if they would want to even play against his limitations and make him like a game manager. I think you want to give him the full tilt and see what he can do because um, I think they're going to owe him some money in 24, but they're not like anchored down by his contract. They can move on if they want to. You know, I, I wanted so bad to say that the Rams could win this game because um, especially when Aaron Rodgers was finally traded, I, I thought about this game in particular. And while I do think that um, Jordan Love's play will keep the Rams in the game, I'm just not all that confident in the Rams defensively to uh, – to stop um, the running game. You know, I, I like Aaron Jones. I feel like he's one of the best running backs in football. 
And the fact that there's another guy behind him that's just as good and could be a, a starter on pretty much just about any other team in the in the league. Who was who was their second draft pick, I believe, in the 2020 draft while Aaron Jones was still on the team? Yeah. So they walked away with two guys who weren't going to do anything their rookie years, most likely. Yeah. And, and it's just it's kind of ridiculous if you look at their defense. I, I feel like their defense doesn't get looked at enough, but their defense is pretty stacked. Um, especially when it comes to the pass rush. And I, I think the Rams offensively is just going to be challenged too much. And in the end, that's, that's going to be the reason why they lose. So I think that the Packers come away with this one, uh, 27, 20. So going into the bye week, week 10, I have the Rams three and six and you have them two and seven. <laughs> Sounds like a downer. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 listen, I stand by, like, I don't think it's going to be as depressing to watch this team this year, just because we know what we're getting into. Nobody has deceived us like last year. Yeah, you're right in that regard. I, I think that this team is going to, um, is going to be exciting to watch in terms of players that, I, I mean, we're going to get a good look at our youngsters and, um, this is going to be determined whether or not the Rams want to keep them or, you know, move on from them. You know, there's a lot of uh, young guys that uh, the Rams have to make a decision uh, moving into next year. So um, next year they have money next year they have draft picks. So we'll see. They're going to be fascinating to watch for the people like us who have podcasted for an hour in July about the Rams or the people like you who are graciously listening to us talk about the Rams for an hour. And they're probably not going to be that fascinating to watch for casuals. Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) But we'll see, man. Like we've said, they still have two of the best players in the entire league on this team. Uh, Three of Stafford is is back. We'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I I, I honestly think it's going to be a a fun year to to discuss. Um, And listen... If you don't want to be downer, after the bye, they play the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, the 49ers. It's not like they could easily go if they are starting to turn around, like to turn a corner as a team. I could see them going 4-2, and 5-1 and one in that first stretch of six games. I'm not betting on it, but those are all pretty winnable. Um, except that the Ravens will probably be the toughest out, but even them are, they're always flaky. Uh, and then if that happens, you never know. If they go four and two in that stretch, what I had them at three and six, they'd be seven and seven. They'd be in the mix for a wild card. Hmm. I, I mean, I hope so, man. I hope so. We'll see what happens. Um, that math actually did not add up, did it? No, it did not. Hang on. They'll be three and six, right? And then they go four and two. Oh, they'd be seven and eight. Okay. Never mind. Guys, I was a comp major. Leave me alone. We're going to go home. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Follow us on Twitter at Superbarrow, at Johnny5.6, at TalkRams. And we'll be back next week with part three.